and I have an older brother, love him to death, not trying to throw him under the bus. However, he was one who's like, when are you going to grow up and get a real job? And I remembered how like deep that dug into my like soul. And I was just like, to myself, I was like, am I being selfish? Should I be getting a real job? Am I making a mistake? And then my younger brother, my business partner was like, yo, fuck him. Like, we're good. Like, we got this. Like, don't listen to him. Here's the deal, I'm in front of a bunch of cameras, I'm gonna be honest. Usually I'm car guy, I usually record in my car. I'm with Angie, she's a bold guest of course, but this is kind of a bold setup. I feel a little bizarre, Angie, how are you feeling? I feel great, I feel comfortable, I feel at home. Natural lighting, <laughs> she's in her home course, I'm on the road here, so. Uh, we'll <laughs> All right, I already broke the cord, that's bold. So we're just gonna keep rolling. Wait, can Angie, can you hear me? So your microphone is now unplugged. Okay. Um, I can hear you, but I wouldn't hear, I'd hear you better if it was still plugged in. Okay, we're just going to roll for now. <laughs> or do we have to? No, yeah, we're yeah. going to roll. Okay, we'll roll with it. That's dope. Okay, so here is the deal. I want Angie to kind of let the crowd know why she's on the pod, why she's bold. I've never done this. We're going to start out with that. I'm going to ask you kind of, why are you bold? Why do you think you're bold? Why do I think I'm bold? And bold could be your own definition, too. I mean, doesn't need to be Webster's dictionary here. Okay. Whatever. How I define myself. So I would say I am bold because I've never followed anybody else's mold. I've never, I've paved my own path. And I think a lot of people find interest and um, desire to follow what I have to say because I don't, I go to the beat of my own drum. Um, and I'm bold. <laughs> There's lots of reasons that I would say I'm bold, but it would mostly be because I don't really give a fuck what anyone says. I'm going to do whatever I want regardless, as long as it's not hurting anyone, obviously. But um, I really just do whatever the fuck I want. So That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Cool. Well, there we go. And so I also want to just point out there on our FaceTime, our introductory call, you say you're about to get censored for putting out the uh, men are trash meme. Right. Yeah. What the, what the hell is going on here? So it's a good thing that, that Instagram is doing such a great job of um, of making sure people aren't being, I guess, harmful with their words because your words have power. And, you know, saying men are trash is not the greatest thing and I'm sitting in a room full of men. Um, but I have changed my views on it. I believe that not all men are trash. So I, I've changed my views. However, if you say those kinds of things on social media, they will threaten to remove your account. Um, so I posted a meme that said men are trash and they told me that I was going to be uh, deleted if I did it again, so. Well, honestly, that's interesting because I feel like I've seen way more worse shit than that. Oh, for sure. I feel like you've yeah. posted worse shit than that. Absolutely, for sure. Like, I don't know, but your brand on Instagram, I, I think you ran through this with me on our FaceTime. You said you kind of started to get big because you were into bodybuilding earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And where did that start, actually? Let's go back to the beginning. How did this all start, this fitness, hobby, passion, whatever you want to call it? How did this start? So I still do bodybuilding. It's just not as prominent in my life. But um, I was in college. You know, I like to party. I like to do whatever the fuck I, you know, the dumb shit that college students do. I like to have a good time. And um, I 
had a little bit too much fun and I partied a lot and I just didn't feel good about myself anymore. Um, I ate like shit. I drank all the time. Like literally it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Mondays. And I just decided I wanted to be fit and feel better and take care of my body. So then I started doing Muay Thai and I thought I was a badass bitch because I kind of was. And I got punched in the eye and realized I wasn't as bad as I thought. And someone was like, you should compete. And I stepped on stage and I loved it. And that's kind of how it went. The rest is history. And uh, what is Muay Thai? Uh, Muay Thai is a form of uh, like martial arts. Uh, like when you see UFC fighters, Muay Thai is kind of like a combination of that and like jujitsu and that fun stuff. I never did groundwork. I just did the like kicking and striking and stuff like that. Okay. So. Okay. Interesting. I hear about, uh, what's it called? Jujitsu? Jujitsu? That's like the most popular one that I hear about. Yeah. It's a lot of groundwork. Yeah. It's kind of like wrestling. So, okay. yeah. I don't wrestle, but no. I don't know, maybe I'll get into it. I don't, we'll see. It's a good workout. It's but, hard. No, I think uh, it's interesting that you say after college is when you kind of decided, okay, that was, I partied and bullshitted in the words of like too much. And now I want to, you know, get fit because I feel, I mean, this might be insensitive, but I'm, I probably said insensitive things before, but I feel after college, at least right away, you either do embrace that right away or you go the other way. Have you, I mean, have you seen that? You're smiling at me like, this is yeah, kind of true. This is how it is. It is, is how it is. There are people who I looked, actually, I was on Facebook like last week looking at my old high school people. And I'm not saying anything bad, but looking at them, I was just like, damn, is all I look like. But people take really good care of themselves. They look really good. And then there's people who just don't care. They, they still drink a lot or they smoke. I used to smoke cigarettes back in the day. I did, didn't care about my body. Um, but seeing those people now, it's like, okay, they went that direction and they, they usually look really bad and there's people who take care of themselves and they look great. And it's, it, it really does have a bigger impact on your life than people realize. So, and I don't, I don't want to sit here and say like you're a lesser person cause you don't take care of yourself, but right. I think there's something to be said about caring about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So sorry, quick side note, but carry on the, the journey here. Uh, you had, you had what? So I did Muay Thai and then I started competing. Um, and I just, it was something that was so powerful for me. It changed my entire life. And I don't usually tell people that they should compete. I think it's, there's the right kind of person should compete. It's really hard, um, mentally, emotionally, physically, obviously it's very taxing on your body. It's also hard on your hormones, but it taught me a lot about just mindset and having willpower and the ability to do whatever you set your mind to. Um, and so I just, I loved how I felt after I did it and how I like it changed my life. And so that's where I was like, all right, I need to like, I want to help other people feel like this. Yes. Okay, so and was this your first, what was your first job out of college? I worked, I was a Ford, I worked at Ford. I was a marketing, so I started off in their internet sales and then I was a marketing director. Why'd you say it like that? Why'd you say it like it was a bad thing? It was a bad thing because it's not my, it doesn't, I don't fit in that. Okay. Like I don't fit in a nine to five job. It, it wouldn't have mattered what position it was. It was marketing, so it was what I wanted to do, but I literally sat in my office, I worked a nine to five and I was like, I can't fucking do this for the rest of my life. Okay, so this you're already fitting into like our gas criteria. Yeah, so cool. many of them have done that. Uh, you know, the nine to five thing. Yeah, well, I do the nine to five thing right now. Honestly, it's I'm fine with it. Terrible, but I need for me. For me, for me. There, it's, there's parts. There's yeah. parts that are bad. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna trash it, but a lot of people, you know, go to the office, feel caged up, and then they discover what their passion is. Right. Right. 
So for you, that was fitness. Yeah. Right? And you, you have to, there are, you do have to sometimes have that position where you're working towards something outside of that nine to five. But I had to, my job was, I loved it, but I, and I needed it to help me. And eventually when I built my career, I was ready to leave it. But yeah, I mean, that's part of the journey to getting there. So yeah, no, it is. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, dating somebody and you're like, God damn, I don't like somebody who, uh, you know, eats crackers at 10 p.m. So then you got to move on and find somebody that doesn't. Right. right. Or what, Great analogy. I don't yeah. know, yogurt. But, okay, so what's the next step in the, uh, you know, monetizing the passion? So I have my own company, and we do a lot of online programs. Um, we're very virtual. We always were virtual, virtual even before everything happened with COVID. Um, but the progression for us is going to be to continue to build our community, building um, the women that we work with, maybe eventually working with men, but you know, right now women is our niche. That's our, our market. Um, but we're also growing with working on doing more podcasts and speaking and turning my voice into helping other people beyond just like motivation, but also education. Okay. Okay. And so take me back to the first time that you are deciding to monetize this. I want, I want to get to your Instagram, your glow up on Insta. Right. Or your blow up, actually, before the glow up. Right? Yes, exactly. So you're asking what well, kind of started that or what? Yeah, because okay. I remember you were saying on the FaceTime, um, you just started posting pictures, you know, of your bodybuilding progress. Uh -huh. At the time, it was like, what the fuck? Like, nobody does this. Right. Right. And how long ago was that? That would have been in 2013, maybe, I think. When was Instagram just... When I think I, I created my Instagram in like 2011, maybe, or 2012. Okay. My brothers made me do it. They were like, you should have an Instagram. I was like, I don't want to. My youngest brother was actually one who was like, yo, if you posted a bikini pic, it would blow up. Like, he's my, he's my baby brother. And I was like, you guys are weird, but okay, I'll do it. And then I did. And then it started to get really popular. And it wasn't that it was a girl in a bikini, but it was that I was a girl in a bikini who was also super fit and had muscles and worked really hard in the gym. And that was very rare back then. It wasn't as common. Um, and then my brother saw how much it was blowing up and how many people were inspired and wanting to be part of whatever it was that I was doing. Um, and so he was the one, it was not me. I was not the cool person who was like, Hey, let's start a business. It was my brother who was like, yo, we got a, he's a businessman. He's owns lots of businesses. I break out my brother a lot. He's amazing. He's the one who's like, Hey, you're getting laid off from your job anyways. Let's just fucking do this. Let's start this company. Like this is the best time. He's like, if you need help with money, if you need to pay your bills, because it was rough for, like starting off, it was really hard. Um, but he was the one who was like, we'll get, we'll get through it. We'll make money. We'll do it. And we did. It took a little bit. It took a few months to like get it down. But yeah, we just did it. We just fucking jumped in. And I love that because I feel like a lot of people quit like right away when it's hard. It is hard. I mean, it's <laughs> not for everybody. If, if anybody could, you know, make a business and post and blow up, they would. Right. So you got to get over that initial hump. Um, what was like one of the lowest points of that? down period where you like, fuck, I should go back to Ford. Should I go? Back? No, I actually yeah. never wanted to go back to Ford. I love them. Let me just rephrase this. I actually love the owner. Um, I looked at him as like a second father. He was amazing. He treated me incredibly. Um, but the idea of having to work for someone else and having to be somewhere just did not seem appealing to me whatsoever. Um, and it did get really hard. There was a few points where I was like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing? Like, am I really doing this? Like, I couldn't pay my rent. This was the time where I was like, yo, Daniel, I can't afford my rent. It was really scary. Um, but 
he was like assuring like we'll get through it and now that's like my tip to people like hey when it gets hard and you feel like you can't fucking do it have your solid foundation of people who are there to support you and help you and that will get you through 100 percent. yeah and having that nest egg of money like you should have money saved before you yeah. quit a job you know, don't blow it all right Bitcoin or right well I like Bitcoin. my brother would tell you otherwise but yes oh, he he's a bitcoin it? person for sure yeah Damn. Okay, so I see where the angel investing game is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not back then, but uh, okay. So another thing people talk about on this podcast a lot, um, like little mindset tricks or little, I don't, I kind of want to say life hacks in a mm -hmm. way. Were you deploying fancy words some of these during this down period to like keep yourself like, all right, I'm a bad bitch. I can do this. Like, I am. Like a life hack, something that I made my that helped me like keep going. Yeah, like have you heard of like words of affirmation? Yeah, yeah, something like that ish. Uh, so it's not necessary. I don't know if I would say words of affirmation, but I've always believed in myself. Like I always thought when I was younger, when I was in college, I was like, I'm meant for something. Like I'm meant to make an impact somehow. I never really knew how, but I knew. And so whenever I felt like I was not doing what I needed to or feeling like I wasn't, you know, living up to my own expectation. I reminded myself of this within myself. Like I have this power. I know that I have these abilities. And if I really want to pursue and, and fulfill this destiny of my mind, that I have to continue to put in the work and the effort. So it's almost like that internal drive within yourself. And when you know what you want to do, it just it feels different. You know? Absolutely. Like yeah. You probably weren't saying at night, like, all right, I am the greatest Ford employee of all time. No. You didn't dream about like, Ford <laughs> no. Taurus is driving through your street. No. You're thinking about this. Um, okay, so the, the slow time passes, right? Um, you hit some momentum. You start to scale up. What in your brain switched where you're like, this is it. I'm fucking going all in. Um, well, money, I've always wanted to help people, but the drive of needing money was probably one of my main things where I was like, all right, this is, I've got to fucking grind. And like, until you own a company, you don't really understand the grind of, and the hustle of being an entrepreneur. Um, like you, if I don't, if I'm not working, if I'm not putting out content, if I'm not doing things and leading in a certain way, I'm not bringing in any money. And to me, like building this empire, like having this thing that I can look back on all these years later and be like, damn, I worked so hard and I built this for myself and my family was like that big motivator and that big drive for me. Um, and just really wanting to, um, live up to, you know, whatever it is that I'm, you know, the empire I'm trying to build. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is your company's name, first of all? Is it just Angie Ocon Fitness? Right? No, it's Ocon. I just made it. <laughs> it's Ocon Fitness. Is there a... It's Ocon LLC. Ocon LLC. Mm -hmm. Don't you get nice tax write-offs for that? An LLC? Yeah. I've heard that. Good for you. Thanks, brother. Um, that. Ocon, is, that, is it just your last name or is it like a certain alliteration? Uh, everything I do has a reason. There's passion behind everything. Um, so it is our last name. And it's actually Ocon, but we say Ocon because it's easier for people to um, say because whatever, America. Um, but it's Ocon. And our last name is really important to us. It's Nigerian. And if you saw our logo, it actually, I, I made our logo based off of West Adinkra symbols, which is like um, Western Africa is Nigeria. And so 
I chose strength, power, and humility, and that creates our logo because that's the foundation of what my business is. Um, and it's really important to me that the, that's always like our mission is being, you know, humble, having that power and and building it off of strength. Um, and yeah, like Ocon also, we just having our father's name being like this thing that we grow into this big thing is like super important to me, my brother. So like that's having cool. that empire. Yeah. It's like Trump, but... <laughs> I don't really know, you know, know. hate to hate to compare, but he did, it is his name. So what if, uh, what if Donald Trump wanted to join the fitness class? (laughs) Really? No, (laughs) there's no chance. Maybe I would let him join in just so I could maybe ask him questions and then have people watch him sweat. It'd be fun. Yeah. Watch him struggle a little bit, but we don't have to talk about politics. No, we'll stay away from that. Um, but okay. So back, I'm trying to prod you out of this. Okay. You're trying, you're blowing up on Instagram. I want mm-hmm. to hear about this cycle where, okay, your brother, you know, he said, post that picture, you're going to blow up, but you do. There's a lot. Yeah. It was like, it, that picture didn't make me blow up, but they were like, you need to post pictures of okay. yourself. And were you trying to overcome like a, uh, a block in your mind where you're like, damn, what are people going to think about me? Or like, what was your hesitation? Oh yeah. I never gave a fuck what anyone thought, but it wasn't about that. It was about my friends that were like, what are you, how are you going to feel when you have children and they see you wearing a bikini or how are, what if you're trying to get a job somewhere and they see that? I was like, I mean, I hope I never have to get a job where people are like, oh, she posted a bikini picture online. But that was before, again, like now it's like everyone and their mom has Instagram or OnlyFans or whatever, whatever. Um, But yeah, it wasn't my fear of people judging me. It was my friends who are no longer my friends, but my friends who were like, well, you shouldn't post that. And I also think it was a lot of jealousy, if I'm being honest, because they saw the attention I was getting and... I think it's hard for people to see someone at the same level or starting at the same level rising higher than them. Well, and I think people can tell, especially when they're your close friends, mm-hmm. they can like sense, oh, fuck, but she's starting to reach for more. He's starting to reach for more. He, they want to do something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they feel insecure or if it's like, damn, I can't do that. Or, yeah. I'm, I'm a loser. It's insecurity. And it's also just that feeling like we, I think all people kind of have that sense of, of jealousy, like someone's doing more, someone's doing better and you want that too. So it's hard to see that. It's hard to be supportive. Yes. I mean, and you probably had to shed some friends. Oh yeah. Well, I don't think I'm friends with any of the people I was friends with in college minus like three people. That happens. Yeah. I'm fine with I it. I got three friends from college in the room. Let's doubt. <laughs> um, yeah. I hear a lot about that too. I mean, whenever you read books or, you know, read articles online, watch videos, whatever you're doing to consume the shit. Mm-hmm. So many people talk about, you honestly need to say, like, my old friends aren't helping me at times. And just, you can't think about being the chameleon and blending in. You got to stand out. What do you want to call it? A frog? A dark frog? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, you got, I think it gets to a certain point where you're like, you're not good for me anymore. Right? And you, right. you experience that. Mm-hmm. That was a big development point. I'm yeah. Sure. You learn how to have boundaries with people. Like you understand that this person isn't necessarily going to help you elevate. Doesn't mean you have to remove them, but you have a different relationship and that that's a different dynamic. So. Yeah. No, I, I feel that because I, I once was somebody that wanted everybody to like me. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. No, not there. You can. I love the saying, you could be the sweetest, juiciest, ripest peach. And there's always somebody who doesn't fucking like peaches. Yes. And that's facts. Or, you know, you could, be surrounded by people that eat crackers at ten. One person does. <laughs> you like crackers, huh? <laughs> <I like laughs> this is their second time. <laughs> I haven't eaten a cracker in a long time. God, I don't know why I'm thinking, but um, that actually just reminded me. I wanted to get into attachment. I don't. I did not know how I was going to segue in, but 
you just said you got to have your boundaries if mm-hmm. it doesn't serve you anymore gotta let it go non-attachment did this help you so non-attachment is something i've more recently focused on and my non-attachment is more so focused on me removing my emotion and relying on something that makes me happy and being able to say, okay, this is here and I'm present with it right now and it makes me happy and I'm happy here. But when it leaves me, that's not going to change my insides. Like it's not going to change what's within me. My happiness isn't um, based off of a place, a person or a thing. So um, practicing non-attachment, I think is really important for all things too. Like if you want to, if you want to go further in life, you have to be able to be not necessarily detached, but not have that emotional attachment to places as well. Like if you need to move somewhere that's going to help you elevate, or you have to move from your family, you have to be able to have that non-attachment so that you're able to still be happy and still thrive elsewhere. And like, let things come into your life as they come and then let them go and not try to hold on to them as I have tried for years with lots of things, especially relationships. It happens. No, right. It happens. And, you, and you mentioned family too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad for you that you had a supportive, you know, couple brothers and family. Yeah. Some people, they have to like straight up just tune their family, their own parents' opinions out. Oh yeah. Um, I had to tune, tune a lot of people out. Like not everyone was supportive. I have one brother who's specifically, we've talked about this. He was the one. So I have two brothers that both were like cheering me on, especially Daniel's my business partner, by the way. So he's the one who's like, we're going to do this. And I have an older brother, love him to death, not trying to throw him under the bus. However, he was the one who's like, when are you going to grow up and get a real job? And I remembered how like deep that dug into my like soul. And I was just like, to myself, I was like, am I being selfish? Should I be getting a real job? Am I making a mistake? And then my younger brother, my business partner was like, yo, fuck him. Like, we're good. Like, we got this. Like, don't listen to him. And that was, it was hard to have the biggest naysayer be a sibling of mine when I would expect them to say, you can do this. I support you. Whatever you need, if this is your dream, this is your passion in here. But that's that mindset that we all have growing up of like, oh, follow the path, do what everyone else is doing after college, get this job nine to five, buy a house, get married, have kids. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to do that. It's not how it really is. No. And why, okay. So let me ask you, why is that the status quo? And this is coming from somebody that damn near followed that. I'm not buying a house soon. I don't want to get married. <laughs> I went to college, you know, I had fun with these guys there. And then I got an office job. I like it, mm-hmm. but clearly I like to do other stuff. Too. Right. Why is that? Why do you think that's like the forced road? Because that's what <laughs> that's what I think that our government and and there the control go. of I guess our society they want people to fall in line and to have their positions because in order for any well machine machine to work there has to be the parts that work. And then there's the people who get the reward, if that makes sense, if I'm making sense. But I think that the way that our society is built up is to pe- like have people follow that and follow the be the sheep, I guess. Yeah, no, that's for cool. lack of a better word. Yeah, we just released an episode called Black Sheep. So oh, cool. Well, good drawback. Don't listen to that one. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? You said you said a buzzword. Oh, okay. So yeah, society they want you to kind of fall in line, be a cog in the well-oiled machine. Have you ever read the book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I haven't. No. Neither have I. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Goodbye. uh, I got a promo code. Ghostfit. So in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, apparently there is a big thing about, okay, society teaches you that if you want to be wealthy, you got to save money. You got to do this. You got to get the nine to five, do whatever. Right. 
when in reality, you know, you want to own investments, you want to own assets like businesses or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting because so many people are like blinded by the reality of what it actually takes, I guess. Not what it takes, but what else is out there. Right. Well, we have that ceiling of what we believe we can do. And then when you break that ceiling and you realize you don't have one and there's ways that you can make money. I actually just started a book club with my girls. It's the, um, what is it? The Smart Girl Finances, I think is what the book is called. It teaches you the book is right over there. We were just reading it yesterday. Um, it teaches you about investments and ways to basically take what you have now and grow and have a, have wealth versus this idea of like, Oh, this is the limitation that we create for ourselves. Like I can only make this much money, but it's cause you don't, you've never explored the other options and the other ways that you can make money. Yes. And that's the, that's the whole government, like putting a little box in you. They don't want you to go up above a certain threshold. No. And like going to college, they're like, everybody has to go to college. Look at the person next to you. They're not going to be here in a, in a year. Like you should do this and then you'll make more money. It's like, that was a bunch of fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. I will always preach. That I think college is bullshit unless you know exactly what you're doing and it makes sense. And at the end, you're going to have a position or a job. Otherwise you're just fucking wasting time and money. Yeah. No, you really screwed if you're going there with full tuition, you don't have a plan. Right. Most people go into college and just take out student loans and then they're fucked after. And that's even worse. That's the majority. Yeah. We're talking finance all of a sudden. This took a twist. Well, where did you go to college? I went to Mankato. (laughs) MSU. This is a party town for sure. It's called Blue Earth Blackout. I have no idea. That's what maybe you young kids say. The younger generation. Yeah, I have no idea. But okay, where were we? Where the hell were we? We were talking about your business starting to scale. Okay, your family were naysayers, your friends were naysayers. When did you get to a point where you knew you were right and there was no turning around? There was no, you know, they probably hit you back up. They were like, good for you. Yeah, they, and now everyone's very supportive. And my family actually has changed a lot of the ways that we live. Our lifestyle, we're very healthy. Um, but the turning point was probably when we were just, we. it wasn't ever really about money. Yes, of course, we love everyone wants to make money and we have monetary goals. But when I realized that I was having an actual impact on women and I was changing their lives, I wasn't just making them a meal plan. I wasn't just giving them workouts. I was actually doing something that was changing the rest of their life. And that was where we were like, okay, this is something I want to do forever. And then you scaled up on Instagram. How did you, how did you get Instagram famous? I don't think I'm Instagram famous, but um, I just, posted a lot. This was before the algorithm. People have to remember this too. You, I just posted because I was like, oh, I look hot today or oh, my abs are popping or here's my food because that was when people posted their food and shit. Like it was when people saw your stuff because they followed you and they wanted to see it versus, okay, you have to post at two o'clock and then you have to make sure you use this hashtag and this, this, and this. I was lucky that I was using my Instagram during that time when it was just easy. There were no, uh, there was no like showing you relevant content stuff yet, right? It was not really all chronological. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did. I still grew for a while, but then now that it's more based off like you have to post. Like, there's a whole thing. You have to post like right. three reels a day. You have to do two lives a week, or not not a day, a week. Um, something amount of lives, a certain amount of stories and posts, and it's just like fuck this. Who okay? Who who said that? Because I heard the same thing. It's like three reels, eight. Stories it's a madness. 
No, what the fuck? Who, who made up that out that yeah algorithm? Instagram. <laughs> and how does everybody know about it? Why does? Everybody- I mean, that's what the expert. I mean, if you if you're doing well, I think a lot of people will be like, okay, so here's what I've been doing, and I've been growing. And and the reality is, anytime they roll something new out, do that. So reels is their new thing. They're trying to take over TikTok. Do all the reels, then you'll probably grow. Are you on TikTok? I watch TikTok. For like four hours at a time. Yeah, I love watching it. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna make. I'm like, I'm saving. I'm like, I'm gonna make that video. Make that video. I don't fucking make any of those videos. No, it's tough. It's very time consuming. Also, so respect to people who do TikTok. It is, but um, connection here. So your business basically, you know, it was founded off Instagram, right? Right. You weaponize social media, big time. time. Explain what you mean by that. Okay. What do you mean by that? You know what you're scared. Okay. So TikTok. Instagram weaponization. So right now, social media, it's the biggest channel for online businesses by far. Yeah, Especially absolutely. for Gen Z, millennials. I don't know where the line is. Are you a millennial? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are we? Are we Gen Z? I think we're millennial. Okay. You're a millennial. I'm bold. <laughs> um, so basically, I mean, these TikTok ads, I'm on it enough to know. They know what I look at. It's so relevant that it's like scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's perfect for businesses. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, complain about it and say like, oh my God, they're spying on us. Like, what are we going to do? Or you can be like, okay, if I have a business, I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And Instagram helped you with shit done. Like, do Absolutely. you, where else do you market? Is it a website? So we have our website. So Instagram is kind of our lead generator, but we have like blogs. Lots of that helps um, people who interview us on articles. Um, like, I think there's one where if you search best online trainers, I pop up. So that's dope. Um, SEO. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, gets us a lot of people. Um, but we've tried, I'm shifting away from Instagram a little bit. I'm still going to use it. I love Instagram for the most part, minus the way that it's kind of gotten psycho with, you know, uh, censorship, but that's why the podcast is so important to me because I feel as much as my body is, you know, great. I'm not trying to brag, but like, it's been my draw for people. I also think that I have a lot of really great points and I'm very, um, articulate with what I'm trying to say and really, yeah, really good at at speaking. And and I think being a leader in a a way where I can speak and have a platform uh, for that would be ideal. And that will help a lot with our business as well. So I have a theory about uh, podcasts. Okay. You want to hear this? I do, of course. Well, I've been told this as well. It's not my own. But <laughs> as we said earlier, if you want to build wealth, right, you want to own assets, um, appreciating you know, assets, businesses, online shit, whatever. As the world gets older and jobs get, uh, is it optimized or automated? automated? The only thing left at a certain point is going to be like human creativity jobs. Podcasts are human creativity. You can't mm-hmm. have a robot come on a podcast and like, no. beep boop. Like, I mean, you could. And I think robots do more than beep boop if you've seen the new robots now. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. So we just had some uh, difficulties. I don't know if we got into the robots yet, but I'm going to blame it on them. <laughs> they did. We were on something. We were. That's probably why. Um, but okay, so you were saying you got a podcast. Um, what else are you going to go into? I feel like there's a few other channels you could explore. I don't know what they are for that my head, but I feel like you've thought about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, one of the 
biggest things that I've always wanted to do is to do motivational speaking. Um, again, with the podcast platform and um, all the other things I have, I think that would be maybe the next direction. Um, and just investments. Yeah, money, investing that money. Okay. In motivational speaking, I take it you're going to – this is just a shot in the dark. This mm-hmm. is what I would do in front of you for what it's worth. Okay. I would use passion, you know, in, in fitness as a metaphor, as, you know, what drives you, what keeps you afloat, your purpose, and just applying the passion that you have with that to everything you do. You like that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what, uh, what would you do? How would you break into this? How would you get into motivational speaking? How would you tie it all back to your fitness? Um, so I've already done some motivational speaking, just a, a few little jobs. They weren't really like big things that I would say are like, you know, I'm not going to brag about it, but I'd say more so than anything. Um, uh, the big, the way that I would, uh, inject myself into doing this is being, um, using my podcast as kind of that platform again and having people hear what I have to say and listen to how, um, I wrote, I kind of, Okay, do you want to take a break? I'm trying to not touch it at all. Okay, you good? We good? You good? Okay, we're good. All right, are you sure? Comfortable? Okay. So I think that the best way to to have this become a transition in my life is to first, again, like I just said, have the platform of podcast and have that um that ability to speak to people and ignite some kind of inspiration for people to want to do more. And my biggest, my biggest uh, reason and my biggest go-to is always going to go back to fitness because I truly believe that people who take care of themselves, the best like billionaires, people who do the most, all those people, if you look at their daily routines, more often than not, there's a few that don't, but more often than not, they have meditation, they have eating really well, they have training or working out, they have all those things in their day-to-day, their day-to-day. And that's part of like what makes them so successful is they have that structure in their lives. And for me, going back to motivational speaking, it all starts with deciding to make that change for yourself. And more often than not, the first step is with fitness. And this is the thing you said, you know, eating healthy, uh, meditating, so many other things other than actually lifting or working out. It, you don't need to be ripped to think like you're a disciplined person or, right. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, eating healthy goes so much further than I think honestly working out does itself. And that makes me feel so good. I always remind people that your fuel is going to determine so much. If you're eating really good fuel, you're going to feel really good. And that also goes into, if you do research or you, I'm going back to school for this just because I think it's super interesting how your body is impacted by food. But when you eat really shitty food, it actually like sugar and things like that actually help or make depression a thing more often than people who aren't eating sugar. And the way that you like consume really does have a positive or negative impact on your overall well-being. People who eat really well are usually happier. They have better energy. They're in a better mood. People who eat shitty are usually tired, they're crabby. It's just, it's super important to make sure that the food and the fuel you're utilizing every day is good. Food is fuel. Mm-hmm. It is. 100%. So going back to the whole societal thing, why are there so many fast food chains then? Why is it so easy to go grab a Big Mac? Why, why is salad priced so high in grocery stores? 
because of the bigger picture for things like the government. You think so, actually? I know so. You yeah. Talk to the Illuminati. I have talked to the Illuminati. I've okay. talked to them all. I have all the facts. But I mean, it just it goes into the whole mindset and the whole mentality of the sheep and the following of the path and keeping people complacent, keeping people happy with their lives. And this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm doing everything right. And I'm following the law and I'm a law abiding citizen and I'm a good person and I'm doing what my parents did. And I'm, you know, that's how I should be. And eating this way, like living for the weekends and eating shitty food at the restaurants, like that's what we're taught to do. Society, we we base so much of our entertainment and our things with people and the time spent with people with food. And like, that's what we're obsessed with versus doing healthy things, doing things that help us grow and exceed and do more and reach some kind of greatness. We just kind of are in this world of complacency. I think it is tough to start. I keep grieving. It's <laughs> tough to start eating really healthy. It really is. Um, but I think you get to a point where you have one meal off, at least this has happened to me before. It's not like I eat, I'm not Mr. Clean, whatever. But if I eat healthy many days in a row and I'm just in a zone, I'm in a zone, I'm in a zone, and then I'm like, ah, it's Popeyes, whatever, do whatever. Yeah. It hits like terribly. Yeah. Like You feel like shit. You like build up a tolerance to it. Yeah. Like, it's like a weed tolerance. Sure, yeah, back but, in the day. No, it, like it, you get in a very momentous state when you keep eating healthy. And people are always like, well, do you have any taste? Like, you made such bland food. I mean, healthy food doesn't have to be bland. It's all about being creative and knowing how to cook. If you can cook, you can make your food taste good. And that's the biggest misconception that drives me insane. People are like, oh, my God, my food is so boring. I'm like, actually, you're fucking lazy. If you really wanted to enjoy your food, make it taste better. It, you can do that. It happens. Because I know, because I've spent years learning how to cook food that I like, that's healthy, that's still going to keep me on track. And when you do eat shitty food, like what you were just saying, your body isn't used to the processed food and that keeps us bogged down and like tired and really complacent with just having our nine to five job. But when you eat really healthy, the energy is different. It really is. You can do way more. You can work outside of nine and five. Mm -hmm. You can go for way, way long, I, I swear. And you, you think clear too. You do, absolutely, 100%. I say 100% a lot, I realize. hundred <laughs> million. I'm going to bring this back way far on the human timeline here. But so I actually have no idea if this is true because I didn't live in the pre whatever era. But when we were hunter gatherers and we were literally hunting natural foods, buff as hell, <laughs> you see all the pictures of that. I, I assume it's true. There's no Starbucks and McDonald's around the corner. Mm -hmm. You're eating real plants, real animals, bunnies. I don't know what they're eating. But yeah. I don't know. I just think I would. Be willing to bet over time, humanity has become less and less in shape because of the rise of restaurants and fast food and convenience shit like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the way that, especially in America, if you've ever lived anywhere else or been around people from other countries, Americans are the most unhealthy out of shape people that you will ever meet because we have the convenience of fast food. People take their paycheck and spend it on shit. I'm not going to get poetic. Okay. Do we know that the COVID cases were so high? That's what they tell me. Hmm. I will know. say this. This is all I'll say about anything COVID related. I, I think. I don't think it's, I, I, 
No, no, no. It's real. It's right. definitely real. COVID is a thing, but it's the media and what we believe and the narrative that is being pushed. You have to question everything with media. And I'm not saying that things, I'm not saying which side I'm on with any of it, but I've learned that if you just blindly believe whatever news source you're taking in, you are part of a problem because media can push whatever agenda, whoever's in charge wants to push on the people. And you have to be really fucking careful. You don't want to just, yeah, like you said, you don't want to be blind, going blind with the sheep, right? There's lots of sheep talk, but yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of sheep talk, but it's true. Uh, you have to learn. I think you have to learn to question everything just for the sake of your own life, away from politics either. Yeah. Goes into food, goes into fitness, living for the weekend. I love my weekends, but I try to be straight during the week, right? Right. You're a weekend warrior. I'm a weekend. Oh, God. I just got back in here. <laughs> um, probably someday. but no i think i think that's an important skill to like learn to think for yourself and what actually makes you happy mm -hmm. and clearly you did that roping it back to your story you did that early on leaving the job not listening to you know your, brother your yeah brother. um and that's important i think that got you where you are today mm -hmm. clearly I think everyone should listen more to what makes them happy, what makes their heart beat fast, what has that fire within them, because we're all so unique. We all have our unique abilities, our unique strengths, our unique passions. And when we just fit into the mold of whatever makes sense, like whenever people are like, oh, you know, go to school and you take a test and it tells you what you should do, and that's not necessarily what you want to do, you have to really realize that this is created by who the fuck knows? It's created by someone who wants to put you in a box. And most people don't fit in any of those boxes. And people need to learn that if you follow in line, then you'll live a pretty mediocre life. But if you live life how you want to, and you live the life that you think makes sense for you, and, and again, fuels your passions, you live a much more fulfilling life. And you can also change other people's lives by inspiring them to see, look at this person doing what makes them happy. I want to do that. And I want to live. You might not necessarily be the richest person in the world for whatever you're pursuing, but to just be happy and to live your life the way that you want to versus being miserable in a marriage with kids in a house that you never wanted, but you were told was what you were supposed to do is pretty fucking horrible if that's the route you choose. Yes, it is. And I think being you know different, even if it's like even if you're so different that you're just considered a freak and you're just weird. I'm weird. It's going to be weird. It's I'm fucking problem. weird. I'm very weird. Oh, I mean, you want me to tell you what makes me weird? Yeah, just give me a couple of I mean, I do talk to myself a lot. I mean, I think everybody does, but you're I think that's pretty weird. Yeah, I'm like, hey, have a full conversation when there's nobody in my apartment. I'm also used to having, again, my dog. So I used to be like, hey, Russell, and I would talk to him, which is probably also very weird. Um, I don't know. I just do weird shit. I'm, I have a weird personality and I used to be embarrassed by it because I used to have people be like, just don't act like yourself, like with dating. And I'm like, fuck that. I would be weird as fuck in front of a guy. And if he doesn't like me, then he doesn't fucking like me. It is what yeah. it is. Well, you attract, you attract what you want to attract at the end of the day. Right. 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 You're magnetic, you're magnetic. And True. You're being yourself. I love magneticism. Mm -hmm. It's a, and it's a real thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Okay, what do you think about this? Let me, let's get into this. Let me, let me preface it with this. Right? Okay. This is this is this is weird. I'm weird as fuck today. Okay. Um. First of all, I do affirmations. Okay. I, I love affirmations. I told Josh about this. He's like, "What's are you serious? Are you? No, you're kind of supportive. supportive. You should be supportive. But no, I do it every morning, and it's where I mean, there's different uh, 
variations of it, but I like to, you know, wake up, do a couple things. And then before I like really get working, I take out this affirmation notebook and I write down the same sentence 15 times. They're like self-belief types of things. Okay. And one of them is, uh, I am magnetic because you know, you want to be a magnetic guy or girl or girl. And, uh, I don't know. I just feel like that's a very important trait to have, especially when you're being yourself because therefore you are attracting like-minded people, people you want to be around, all that good stuff. So that's what magneticism reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Don't go and make fun of me for that, okay? I'm going to still do it. I'm going to still be weird. Eat my crackers, too. But what were you thinking oh about <laughs> magneticism? I think that people are just naturally um, attracted or magnetic towards people who are authentic and genuinely themselves. I think when people are fully who they are, people are just drawn to it. They're drawn to that energy. They're drawn to that because you're happier when you're yourself. You're happier when you're not trying to be something that that you're not. And I think that it's great that you write that down. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's good to write down the things that you want to um, have happen or you want to speak into existence or to just live by every day. And I think being a magnetic person is important, especially for what you're saying, having people be drawn to you and the right people being drawn to you. You might have the wrong people being drawn to you too, because you're magnetic and people want to be around your energy. Um, but I think it's great. I think for myself personally, I think a lot of people, I am a magnetic person only because I come into the room and I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for my energy and I always want to have big energy and good energy. And I think people are drawn to that authenticness and to that, um, those good vibes. Yeah. And that's magnetic. Everybody wants to be around good vibes. Yeah. They do. They do. <laughs> do you, want to, you want to be around a rain cloud? No. No. Fuck that. I mean, I do like rain sometimes, but especially like when I'm trying to chill at home. When you're trying to work. And yeah. Yeah. And have conversations, full conversations yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> I just had something on the tip of my tongue and I was going to ask you about, but it'll come back. I want to get to practical fitness tips. Okay. And diet tips, workout tips. I don't want to like, give away your entire article. Oh, I, you could, we could talk about everything. No one will really yeah. take it to heart. I mean, uh, eh, people, people, everybody wants to know what's your tips, what's your secrets. And I'll tell them, are they going to do it? Fuck no, they're not going to do well, it. That's the thing. That's the whole other thing. Like there's so much free information out there. And blueprints oh my God. Yeah. Just do it. Like nobody does. See, and that's my big thing that I tell people. I'm like, I can tell you what to do. And more more often than not, when you're paying for it, you're going to do it. Because it's like, I'm paying this bitch. I'm going to follow what she says. But a lot of the stuff I taught myself, I, I was self-taught. I've obviously furthered my education beyond Google. But I Googled everything when I first started eating healthy and training. There are resources for every everything that you want to do in this, in this world. There are resources for you. But whether or not you free whether or not you utilize those resources is entirely up to your motive and to your, your motivation and your actual drive to accomplish whatever it is that you say you want to accomplish. See, that's a good affirmation. I follow through on things. Okay. I am magnetic. I follow work. I'll plan. I don't know. Whatever it is, just get yourself to be disciplined and do it. Right. Um, what do you, okay. I'm bouncing around here. We'll get to practical tips in a second, but okay. when you don't want to fucking work out, do you ever have those days you have to, you're human. Yeah. So what keeps you going? What what keeps you getting in there? Do you have like a certain voice in your head or something like that that you just resort to that you know will get you up? So 
it depends. There's t- different. It depends on my goals. Let's start there. If I'm if I'm competing for a show, there are no options to not go to the gym. I will go to the gym. There are times where I listen to my body, however, and if I'm really that tired, I will let myself sleep. I will let myself rest because sometimes we outwork, our, we overwork ourselves, especially when it comes to competition. Um, when it comes to my regular, just not really doing competitions, but I just want to get to the gym. I do have my goals, and my thing for success for anybody isn't really this voice in my head that's like, "Go to the gym." It's the routine and the structure that you have. Like it's already part of your routine. We follow a routine, whether you work from home or you have a job. And most people who do nine to five do a better job, in my opinion, of following their structured routine because it's they have to. But that's the thing, though. They know, okay, if I'm going to go to the gym, I got to go in the morning. And they create that routine, and that's just what they do. They don't even have to think about it. Okay, I have my gym bag packed. I'm going to the gym. And like when you set yourself up with that structure and that that schedule, there's your success. The, su- the success is 100% in your routine. You see, so do you think about it like the night before? Do you do that type of thing where you're packing your bag the night before? I used before? to when I had a nine-to-five job. That's why you were there in the morning. I was there every single day. My The people at the gym were like, you should just work here. I was every every day I was at the gym at 5.30 every day. I did not miss a day. So did you go to bed early because of my next thing? No, not all the time. Okay. So you weren't listening to your body at times. I tried to go to bed. I have insomnia. I did everything. I would do everything. I did lavender salt, Epsom salt baths. I would do turn off all my electronics. I did everything. I just struggle with insomnia. It's yeah, not fun. I'm kind of halfway there right now. That's why I just started meditating. I need some yeah. crystals. I have tons of crystals. I can take a um, But what I was going to say, the sleep thing, like you want to listen to your body, right? But it's scientifically proven you need sleep to grow muscle. Mm-hmm. Do you tell your clients this, I assume? Eps- yeah, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Seven to eight hours. What do you what do you like to do? I think it varies from person to person, but usually on average, seven to eight hours is what people need. Some people can get off with six. That's fine. What kind of ages can I do this? I mean, it depends on the person. Okay, we'll try them out. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say about the sleep threshold? Oh, I think the threshold that's interesting to me is you want to be a badass. You want to be in the gym. Any fucking just did 75 hard, 75 days straight. Oh. I'm sure you had times where you're like, no, dude, no, 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 no. Did you think there's a healthy balance between grinding, going, getting in a routine, being disciplined, being almost, no pun intended, robotic, or taking the off day when you have to? Um, I think it depends. My hair tie just broke. Um, I was like, what just hit my head? So I think... It depends 100% on what your goals are. If you are living a life where you want to have balance and you want to be really happy and fit and like be able to enjoy yourself, I think doing the 75 hard is fun if you want to be challenged for 75 days. But if you're like focused on like just being balanced and being able to eat really clean and work out and do those things, but you also want to be able to have dinner with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, then I would say you learn how to have that structure and you learn how to have that follow through. Now, if you want to be challenged, I think the 75 hard is dope. I love when I hear people do that that that's right you were at first farm why didn't I, why haven't i asked about this yet <laughs> when did you go to the first farm when yeah um it would have been almost a year and a half ago maybe two years it's been two years so did you how did that break down did they was, was priscilla sending you apparel 
to promote it? No. So Will, um, one, do you know who Will is? Will Grum? I can't even say his last name. One of his people. He's. I think he's been on the podcast. Um, he works for First Form. They reached out to me and they were trying to do like an athlete program where they, it was a new thing. They were just seeing what would happen if they added people just to be athletes. Um, you, you sign up, you're still like kind of, I think you can be a First Form um what is it called? An ambassador. Maybe it's an ambassador or alphalete. I don't really remember. It's not the right word. Alphalete's a different thing. But um, basically, you get people, you, when you people sign up, they use your link um, and you take all these classes, you learn about the product. And Jen, I don't work with them anymore. I'm not their athlete, but I do actually believe in their products. I do use it. I have a ton of the, you can't see it, but I have all of their protein. I do their greens, I do all their stuff. But I, I do believe in their brand and I believe in what they represent as a community. Um, but yeah, they reached out to me. I was a athlete with, with them for a year and it was fun. I enjoyed it. I like First Farm and Andy a lot because like we were just talking about A, 75 card, but B, they have like the no victim mentality stuff all over the place. It's mm -hmm. like, get to work, don't be a victim, don't bitch about it. Right. I like that a lot. Um, but back to what you were saying, the practical tip stuff. Listen to your body. You got to get sleep. What else do you got on the top of your mind? Um, Besides doing what you said too. You were saying you, you can give people the resources, but they got to do it. I think that one of the most overlooked things when it comes to health and wellness is stress relief and understanding how much stress can impact everything. Um, your hormonal levels are impacted by your stress, um, your ability to lose body fat, your ability to sleep. Um, I think managing stress is something that people don't do enough of. And it's a big thing that I push on my clients, meditation, yoga, um, not fucking stressing. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but learning how to do things that complete the stress cycle because we all I've read so many books about the stress cycle, but when you go through a stressful day, you have to have that output that releases the stress cycle or completes it. And that's why working out is so important. It's one of the biggest ways for your body to be like, okay, I've completed this stress cycle. I can chill. I can relax. And when you don't do that, you never really, your body never goes out of that stressed out mode. Explain the stress cycle. So the stress cycle goes back into like a long time ago where I get yeah, when you are running away, they use the example of a lion chasing you and you have that stress of like, oh my God, I have to run, I have to run, I have to run and you have to run away from it and then eventually you meet up with your family or whatever and you complete the cycle by, okay, you ran and now you're sitting here talking about it and you've now you're done and you're relieved and like it's over. With work, like someone pisses you off at work and you're like, fuck that guy and then someone else does something you're like, yeah, fuck you too or whatever and you're having all the stress all throughout your day but then you never do anything thing, this, all this pent up stress, you never have the release of like, I escaped the lion and now here's my victory and I'm talking about it. And now I can chill and, and rest. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And when you don't go to the gym or you don't do something to relief that or complete that stress cycle, you're just accumulating all this stress. I never thought about it as like a cause and effect type thing. I mean, like a cycle. Yeah. I just figured it was just random events of stress. I mean, it does start to add up. And if you don't ever do anything to relieve it, you're just literally a ball of stress and it's horrible. That's terrible. Yeah. That. No. <laughs> Life is too short. Life is too short. I'm trying to think of when I was a ball of stress. I don't even know. I've probably worked out. But the best thing to do to relieve your stress is any physical that or physical exercise is the number one way to relieve your stress. And there's such a lack of people being 
active that I think that's why we're dealing with so many issues with people's health, like their heart, the heart disease, heart heart attacks, just all the things that happen when you're not able to relieve the stress that you need to. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's uh, that's why I didn't love when the gyms closed down or I'm gonna get, not going to get political, but the gyms closing down is terrible for that. Right. Although there are alternatives to the They're, gym. True. True. Well, okay. You had your whole, you know, you probably had your home business all popping, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't do virtual boot camps, but then we started doing virtual boot camps and I didn't have weights at home, but I bought weights and I bought, and we have our, all of our Ocon bands, which we sell. Um, we have a lot of them and that's another thing you can do. I think that when it comes to that, you realize and recognize that the gym closing was an excuse for a lot of people. Now, if you're trying to grow and be like a massive bodybuilder, you might be a little fucked, but for everyone else who's just like trying to be healthy, there are other options for you, especially people who live in warmer climates. I think COVID was a big uh, indicator of who was really about their goals. Or who mm-hmm. wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Really? You were like, I really wasn't though. Yeah. I mean, I did my classes. I taught my classes, but I was kind of lazy. Really? I was dealing with shit though. 2020 was a fucking year. Okay. No, I've heard yeah, two different things. You had a couple. You no, know, you had the, uh, by the way, Russell. Russell is my dog. When, uh, I have a connection with right now. When did you get Russell? When I was 21, he was my, tw- well, I was 20. It was my 21st birthday gift. Can I ask why you named him Russell? I have a theory. Um, Russell Simmons. <laughs> so stupid. What was your theory? So I thought you kind of look like Sierra. Sierra I love Russell Sierra. Was- okay. Did you research this? No, I just know Sierra and Russell Wilson. Wow. You are now on the list of my favorite people. Anyone who tells me I look like Sierra is now like, I love you. Well, I, thought that was I love Russell. you. I, I just thought, met you and I, I love you. No, that's not why. No, no. Russell was 11 when he died. So Sarah didn't start dating Russell until like maybe he was five, I think, or six. So you got him during the, uh, the dirty spread days. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so you were, uh, rewind, you were not about your business in COVID. No. But you had the two excuses. I'll give you I still worked out. I still taught classes. I still did shit. I just was struggling like everyone probably was in 2020. Okay. It was a fucking hard year. I t- I, 2020 was my year of growth. I. 100% believe that. Well, it, okay. There's a difference too. There's a difference between not going after what you want and actually, you know, I, I hate this term. I don't know why it's cringy, but like the self-care thing. I like self-care. But we did a lot. Term, you know. Because I think people have, have made it into like, oh, self-care, I'm going to get my nails done and do a face mask. Like self-care is much, much deeper than that. Self-care is taking care of your bank account, checking your bank account. Self-care is doing shit that you need to do every single day. Um, self-care is much deeper than just doing a face mask and getting your nails done. I mean, that's good. I think people should take more PTO. I think people work way too fucking hard in America. I do. I think everyone is overworked. I think if you go to other places, you learn that we think that if you're literally, if you're not working, you can find something to do. There's more that you can do. And other places are like, relax a little bit. It's okay. You're done with your work. You don't have to go crazy and keep doing more shit. And I, I do support the side of like the four day week. Okay. Like in more vacation. Yeah. In oh, for sure. That makes your employees more yeah. effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the, the attitude that comes with it where it's like, I'm going to go here because I don't have to work that much. If you, I think if you earn it, I think if you look at it as like earning it, you'll be happier at work, more efficient. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends. I've heard other countries are offering like 80 days PTO, which probably will be good. It's great. It'd be good. We don't, we're not here to just work. 
Sure. We're here to live too. And I feel like our, the generations before us literally worked until they retired and then they what had a few year, good years left to enjoy their lives. I think that we need to live while we're young and while we're able-bodied and we're, our minds are still fresh. I think it's great. I think we're out, we're overworking people and people are getting angry and they're not living a full life. I love the fact that they're opening it up to more PTO. This, uh, people are happier this then. This turned into a slaughter of my own opinion. So I'm going to agree with you there, actually. This is good. This is good. I needed to get told I'm wrong. I, I, I think you're right in some areas. Okay. But we don't have to agree on everything. We don't. That's the beauty about being bold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Buzzword. Take a drink at home. Uh, so health and practical diet tips. Let's end with this. Okay. Without giving away the entire book of business. Let's actually, you know what? What do you eat? What are, what are some super doesn't matter what I eat Why? because what I eat is different than what someone else might need to eat to reach goals or to look a specific way. And I have a different palate than you do and what someone else might have. Okay. So how do you know what to tell who to eat? I ask them what they like and then I create it based off the macros that will help them achieve whatever goal that they set. So if they want to gain muscle, I give them a macro breakdown of what they should be eating. If they want to lose body fat, I create a meal plan based off of that. But I also, most of my people are about balance and, and having the freedom. So I don't believe in flexible dieting. I think that it's kind of a dumb thing to be like, oh, I can eat all this shitty food and still lose and still be in my macros. I believe in creating something where you're enjoying your food. I don't believe in diets. I do not believe in a diet. We are all on a diet. So if your diet is healthy or your diet is shitty, that's your diet. So for me, I believe in creating a diet that is healthy, but also something you enjoy. And then that way, it's not really a diet the way that our society has created the word diet. It is it is your diet and it's something you like to eat. Does that make sense? Yeah, everybody has a diet. Everybody has a diet. And I hear people be like, oh, I'm on a diet. I'm like, are you on a diet or is this how you eat? Because it should be how you eat. And if it's not how you eat, it's not sustainable and you're not going to continue it. Fair. That's very fair. I haven't thought about it that way. So why do you sell <laughs> these fabs, sell beach diets? Because it sells. Because no. it, I don't sell it. I sell something that people that people don't want because they want it right now. Everyone wants the instant gratification. The reason fad diets and like the waist trainers and the fit tees work is because people want whatever they can do right now. They don't want to put in the work. They want the easy fucking way. That's why they work. Huh. Someone sees a picture of someone, oh, this girl lost 30 pounds in eight weeks. It's fucking bullshit. But if she did, there was a reason. She either was really overweight or she followed an insane diet that made her lose that weight that most people aren't able to follow for even a day. Fair. So there's no superfoods out there that you're going to recommend, though. I mean, there's soup, there's foods that you should eat that do are good for you. Do you believe in superfoods? I do believe in superfoods. I am not like a big practicer of superfoods. I think that if you eat really good food, you take your, you know, vitamins, you do, I do greens every day. If you do those kinds of things, you're doing your body a service. Um, I do think that there are, are good foods that you can eat. Like, I don't even know off the top of my head. Um, but... What did you say? I love tuna. Tuna's so good. I bring it up like every other podcast. Okay. I don't really like tuna. <laughs> You don't have. I don't See, like that. That's the beauty of your own diet. You right. Like, exactly. 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 See, now I'm getting go. it. Now I'm getting it. I don't like tuna, but I do think it's good for you. I think there's a lot of things that are good uh, for you to eat. And I think when we start breaking in, like, ooh, eat this food. This is going to make you this, this, or that. It's like, no, you don't really have to do it. Just eat really good food. Make sure you're getting all the nutrition that you need, your vitamins, your greens, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And just be happy. Don't stress out about getting the next fad. Yeah, and honestly, it's something that's uh, undervalued in my mind is if there is like a, if you want to call it a cheat meal, 
don't. They call it refeed. Refeed? I hate the word cheat because then you're associating food with being bad. Okay. Fair. No, that's pretty fair. So refeed. Okay, refeed. if you refeed. It's like refeeding. It's like you've been eating strictly for so long. Now you're kind of refeeding your body with like whatever it is that you need. That mindset of like, I had to eat the shitty food. You've now fed yourself. And like you said, you pop eyes. You're like, I feel like shit. Now yeah. you're refed. Now you learn. Now right? you're good. Yeah. I mean, but you sometimes do need to eat those higher caloric meals. Yeah. It's no, good for you. You do. Oh, especially. From time to time. Isn't, uh, isn't there a certain state? I don't do a ton of cardio, I'll be honest. I don't do any cardio. That's great fucking news. I mean, I think it's good for you. I shouldn't say No, that's great I, I do like walk and stuff. <laughs> you should <laughs> do cardio. I just don't do a lot of cardio right now. Okay, well, I'm supposed to do like a CrossFit type of thing tomorrow morning at 6.15. Ooh, sounds terrible. Yeah, I think I might cancel now. So. Okay. Thanks. Um, so, refeed. After your refeed... There's nothing out there you're telling me that you would just point to and say, you, oh, I thought you were motioning at me to stop. <laughs> There's nothing out there that you would say, this is making, this is going to make a difference. Besides like fruits and veggies, like you said, is there any food that like just makes you, there's like some weird makeup. Like for example, I, I love kiwi in the morning. <laughs> I don't know if it's Good a placebo. You, no. There's mm-hmm. nothing out there. I would say that you should never remove any source from your meal. Or from your, your diet. You should never be a person who does keto. Like, oh, I'm going to take carbs out. Like, you should never remove anything. But I wouldn't say there's anything specifically. It's like, if you eat this, you're going to fucking live a long life. I feel like there's lots of those things. Like, you watch Dr. Oz for a long time. It was like, Asia, whatever the fuck it was. There's just constantly something new. And again, at the end of the day, as long as you're you're putting good things in your body, you are doing things that are going to help with your internal health, not just how you look on the outside. There are things that you can take. There are different superfoods or, or medicine or vitamins or supplements you can take that will help. But I wouldn't say specifically this one thing is what you should do to like be your best self. Okay, so do you swear by any like supplements like magnesium, anything like that? How much of this is genetics for you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I mean, I take really good care of my body and I have... For a long time, but when I was before I started all this, I wouldn't say I was in great shape. Some people would argue you look great, but I didn't. I abs now come naturally to me, but they they didn't before. And the reason why I always have abs is because I'm pretty. I eat pretty fucking good, and I'm always active. So I wouldn't say that I would say genetics is why I look the way I do. It does play a role in everyone in everyone's life. Your overall health, your genetics plays a role. Um, but I would say more so I just eat really healthy and I take really good care of my body. Okay. I think that's really the key. Well, I, I think obviously you earn what you get, mm-hmm. but genetics, I'm not saying you're genetic yeah. lottery. I mean, I would be flattered. I mean, it's a good thing to be a genetic freak yeah. who just can eat whatever they want. Sure, and I wish I was that. Right? I have friends like that. I, they suck. I hate them. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna cut you off because you're a job. Oh, I'm a hater right for there? sure. I'll, yeah. I'll name drop all day. George fucking Koala Bear. He literally will eat pizza and steps on stage three weeks later. He's he's trash. That's unbelievable. Absolutely trash, but I love him to death. So. I thought I was George Koala Bear for a second. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But okay, honestly, I think we're gonna wrap it up. I just got a shit ton out of value out of this. A, okay, cool. B, your story's great. You are bold, you fit the persona. Cool. Gave value to the crew. Any last words, your parting gifts? Um, I would say that no matter what it is that you wanna do in your life, always stay true to yourself. 
Don't let anyone tell you what you should do or how you should live. If it makes you happy, if it makes your spirit on fire, that's what you should do. Cut scene. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We're on all the streaming platforms. Share it with anybody, honestly, that you think could use one little twinge of information we, we covered. Or if they're going to hate it, share with them too so they can get mad. It's okay. Um, follow us on socials. Don't let the robots get you. But come on TikTok, Instagram, wherever we are. Uh, share. That's the big thing. We rely on you guys. We don't do ads. We just rely on you like Andy Frisella and First Farm. I've heard him say it a million times. But thank you, Angie, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And stay bold. Respect the play I'm calling. I bet you want the good.